Hey y'all, this is Aaron. This week we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, how to deal with covenant issues dun, 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 in discipleship times. So we talk about the covenant every year at um, our lead forum day with all of our leaders. We talk about it when we're doing discipleship training, but then we just kind of send y'all off and and I bet for a lot of you, uh, you're left wondering what to actually do if those moments come up and you're trying to remember like, what did they say that I should do if this happens? Okay, I think it's somewhere. We try to make it as clear as possible, but here's the biggest thing with covenant issues is we don't want you to feel like you have to do it on your own. We don't want you to feel like you have to deal with those topics by yourself just because we quote unquote gave you directions. The directions are for you to know what to do on the fly, but then after the moment passes, please always feel like you can come talk to an intern, to Lindsay or I, um, about what to do next, how to respond as quickly as possible so that uh, we can really just help our students as much as we can. Um, When we talk about covenant issues, what we want to make sure that we get across is that our heart behind everything that we say is that we would enable our students to live the types of holy lives that God has called them to live. We're not there to look over their shoulder and and watch everything that they do, everything that they say, everything that they watch. Um, At the end of the day, we have to trust the Holy Spirit to be the one that convicts our students of the things in their life uh, that they're allowing to be a part of, of kind of their their daily life that shouldn't be, um, the things in their life that that they need to to leave in the past, the things in their life that they need to stop. We trust the Holy Spirit to convict them of that. We trust the Holy Spirit to speak to them about those things. Um, but in the midst of that, we as disciples at times get to voice what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our students. I know that sounds weird because it kind of sounds like we're going to, quote unquote, play the Holy Spirit. That's not what we're trying to do. But when the Holy Spirit speaks something to us for our students, we get to say it to them and it be His voice in their lives. And then in their spirit, He gets to confirm that. And He gets to bring that feeling of conviction that will then turn them towards, hopefully, repentance and walking the life that he has for them. So that's our heart, is that we care too much about our students to let them live less than the life that Jesus has for them. And, and we believe that there's just certain areas that, um, you know, 20, 21, 26, 27-year-olds, whatever that age group is, struggle with that we've identified in the covenant and we want to try to help our students avoid Uh, Because we know the heartache and the hurt and the pain and the destructive habits that are created with certain things that are in our culture. And and as much as we can keep them from that, we want to. Um, We're not trying to keep them from ever sinning. But as much as possible, if we can avoid, um, help them avoid experiencing the hurt, the pain, the the disconnection with God that comes from some of these things, that's what we want to do. So a few of the ones that we've identified that we've put in the covenant is is drinking before you're 21, drinking in excess even after you're 21. We talked about shacking, 
Uh, we talked about having sex outside of marriage. Um, we've talked about things that we watch, uh, things that we allow um, ourselves to engage with, whether it's on TV, whether it's on the internet, whether it's like, you know, dirty jokes that we listen to on, on the radio and stuff like that. We just want to remove those things from our life uh, because those are not things that are filling our minds with the knowledge of God. Those are things that are filling our minds with things that are actually keeping us from thinking about the things that God wants to keep us or that God wants us to think about. Okay, so so those are some practicals of you know what we're trying to help our students avoid. Now I want to talk about the practicals of actually addressing the issues when they come up. So when a student comes to you and they you, they tell you, "Hey, I'm struggling with this." And you're like, "Okay, that's part of the covenant that that you as a leader have signed says you're not going to do that. What do you say next? And the easiest thing in the world for us as disciplers to do is to either avoid it or to sugarcoat it because we don't want to hurt their feelings or we don't want to seem like the bad cop or we don't want to seem like we're trying to be like their parent. And so we either don't say anything about it and maybe we just kind of like laugh it off or we sugarcoat it by saying, like, oh, that's not a big deal. Been there, done that. Oh, there's plenty of people that do that, and they don't even feel bad about it. What we want to do is we want to let the severity of what they're doing, like, linger. That thought that maybe they've had where, like, hey, this is a really big deal, and I need to talk to someone about it. We want to let that thought remain, and we want to let them kind of sit in it for a minute. Now, that doesn't mean we want them to like sit in guilt and sit in shame and sit in condemnation, but we want to let them sit in conviction because God has brought that into their life, and we never want to remove something that God's brought into their life just because maybe we are uncomfortable with it or we don't know what to do or we're starting to feel conviction because we struggle with the same thing that they just brought up. So we want to let them sit in it and ask them questions. Like, how does that make you feel? You know, when you're, when you're doing that thing or, or you're watching, you know, that show or that movie or, or you're getting on the internet and doing, you know, whatever it is you're doing, what are you experiencing? More importantly, how do you feel right afterwards? Because typically that's the moment where we come to grips with, with what we just did. Is that moment right afterwards where it's over, it's not fun anymore, and now we have to face the fact that, you know, that just happened. And we're going to have to face the consequences of it. And so asking them those questions can kind of get them thinking um, about, honestly, the severity of, of what they're allowing to come into their life. If you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus didn't really, like, water down the sin that people had. He let the severity of their sin... Um, be something that they kind of had to come face to face with. And here's why. is because us being separated from God, us not being connected in relationship with Him, is a really, really serious thing. Our sin is not just about what we do or what we think about or what we watch. Our sin is, is ultimately about our relationship with Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus is a really serious thing. And so Jesus let sin be a serious thing to the people around him. Now, he always 
um, operated in grace and mercy with them. But mercy is our response to somebody who wants forgiveness. And grace is our response to somebody who wants to change. But that doesn't mean that we can't like sit in that moment of godly sorrow and let that kind of just wash over us because ultimately um, that moment of sorrow, that moment of conviction is going to lead us to the place where we are repentant, where we do want forgiveness and when we, where we do want to change. And so I just, I just want to invite you, don't miss a moment for God to do something because you're uncomfortable. Or, or you're not willing to maybe be that discipler that isn't like the cool discipler, that doesn't let people get away with things or just laugh things off or, or whatnot. Like your role in their life is to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. And growing in their relationship with Jesus is all about them becoming more like him. And becoming more like him is about letting him take the sin that's in our lives and to take it out of our lives. And so in that moment, don't think, what do I need to say in order to get them to like me? Or what do I need to say in order to make this moment less uncomfortable? Think, God, like, Jesus, well, what would you say to this person? Like, of course you would say, oh, you're forgiven, and your sin is in the past, and you're a new creation, and there's the strength to say no in the future. But he would also probably explain to them just how much their sin affects them because it takes them out of relationship with him. Not, not in his mind. Like that's something we do. Because it's really, really hard for us to engage in our relationship with Jesus when we're living in sin. When we're letting sin into our life, we're, we're, we're not interacting with his presence that he's given us. Okay, so that's like the approach that we take for our leaders, right? Like they've signed this covenant, and so we kind of have the right um, to talk to them about that stuff. But what about our gross students? Because they didn't sign a covenant. They didn't tell us that they wouldn't spend the night with their boyfriend or girlfriend. They didn't tell us that they wouldn't go downtown and drink. They didn't tell us that they wouldn't look at porn on the internet. They didn't tell us any of that. They didn't commit to it. But when we're talking to our gross students in discipleship, what we have the opportunity to do is to take those ideas and those words off of a page that they signed, and we get to make it a, only about their relationship with Jesus. Because with the leaders, it's both. It's like, hey, we want you to, to have as good a relationship with Jesus as you possibly can, and this is hurting your relationship with Jesus. And as a leader of this ministry, you've told us that you're not going to do these things because it affects us as a body. What you do affects everyone. But with our growth students, we get to put it solely on this idea of your relationship with Jesus is being hurt by the lifestyle choices that you're making. And you're not living the full life that Jesus died to give you. And you're settling for something less than that. And we get to make it about the hurt and the pain that they're experiencing, that Jesus died so that they didn't have to experience, that he gave his spirit to them so that they didn't have to experience. When God gave us his Holy Spirit, he empowered us to say no to every temptation that we will ever come up against. And he empowered us to walk in complete holiness that he has for us. 
and to walk away from every sin that we've ever struggled with. And so every time we decide that sin is worth living for, we're deciding that we don't want to experience the full benefits of why Jesus died and why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you disciple someone on Grow and one of these covenant topics come up, don't ignore it just because you can, because there's not a covenant that they're under. Like, in that moment, you have the ability to address those issues, like, as authentically as possible, which is these things are hurting your relationship with God. And so embrace that moment. And and you're going to handle it differently because you can't come at it necessarily from a place of authority, like, hey, you committed to this and you're not doing it, so how do you think about that? You're going to have to be creative. and You're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him guide you into the, the kind of questions and the kind of statements that your DT is going to need to hear in order to really like embrace the concept that you're bringing uh, up in DT. But it's so important because one of the most important things to us when it comes to lead and when it comes to grow is that we're not trying to classify Christians. We're not trying to create a hierarchy where if you're on lead, you're capable of living a life that Jesus called you to, but if you're on grow, you're probably not. But every time we don't bring up these issues in the discipleships we have with somebody on grow, that's kind of what we're saying. We're, we're unintentionally treating them like they're capable of a life that is less than somebody on grow. And so we have the covenant for our lead students, but we want to call our lead students and our grow students to that same standard of living a holy life, of taking these things that are in our life and looking at them and saying, if this isn't helping me getting, getting closer to God, I don't want it in my life. And so when you have a grow student that struggles with something that's on the covenant, but they don't necessarily have to abide by the covenant, that's still part of what it looks like for them to be a follower of Jesus. So we still want to talk about it, and we still want to call them to a higher standard than they're holding themselves to. And we want to help them walk out that freedom. We want to help them see why it's important that they live the kind of life that you're talking about. And again, those are hard conversations. And those are conversations that will demand a lot of you because you're going to have to think and you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to follow up. But that's what being a discipler is always all, all about. Being a discipler is all about caring about somebody enough to do the hard things, to say the hard things, and then to be persistent in your relationship with them until they're walking out the fullness of of the holy life that God has for them. Covenant issues aren't fun. They, they really, really aren't. Um, but they're worth it. Because if our students walk more and more in freedom, then hopefully you're willing to do whatever it takes to help them get there. Don't be discouraged if these conversations come up over and over again. 
Because if they're coming up, what that means is that your student's talking to you about them. And that in and of itself shows that they want their life to be different, even if they're not acting different yet. So don't be discouraged. Like Ask God to give you his hope for the situation. And as long as the person that you're meeting with is bringing up these topics and, and telling you what's going on in their life, then you should have a lot of hope. Because most of the time, when we want to change, the first thing we do is we tell somebody about it. And then we become accountable to it. And we know that eventually, we're probably going to have to stick to it. And so that's what they're doing. is They're taking that first step into change by becoming accountable to you about their life. And what they're doing is they're inviting you into that place. And so please, care enough about them to take that invitation. And I just want to thank you all for the way that you care about the people that you disciple, the way that you care about the, the students that are involved in this ministry that God's given us. And I appreciate everything you all do so much. I appreciate the way you pray, you, the, the way you prepare, and the way that you give yourself to discipleship. Um, I, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would anoint you to become better disciplers each and every week that you would see yourself growing in your ability to disciple, that you would see yourself growing in your ability to know the type of questions to ask, know the kind of truth to speak, that when you pray that, that power would be released into your students to live the life that they want to live. That's the Holy Spirit. He does that. And so as, as you're discipling, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to do it well. Know that we love you. Know that we care about you. Know that we're always here for you if you ever have any questions. Hope you all have an amazing week. Thanks.